This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Grown and The Moth are excited to partner with Graduate Hotels to celebrate storytelling across generations. Visit any of Graduate's 30-plus hotels and you'll discover storytelling is at the heart of everything they do, especially when it comes to their unique, locally-inspired interior designs. Not only has The Moth hosted a series of open-mic story slams at Graduate Hotels, but members of our staff have also had the privilege of visiting graduate hotels as guests. From Ann Arbor, Michigan to Oxford, England, our team has experienced firsthand the rich storytelling and memorable design touches that make a graduate stay so special. So the next time you're visiting a beloved college town or dropping by your alma mater, stay at graduate hotels and save up to 30% with exclusive code MOTH. Thanks again to Graduate Hotels for their generous support and their commitment to telling the unique stories of their local communities. Go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com and remember to use code MOTH for up to 30% off. Fonzo, I've got something really special for you today. Oh, yeah? It is my diary from 2008, and I would like you to do the honors of reading some of these passages from 10-year-old Eliza. It would be my honor. (laughs) I'm going to— Set the scene. I'm going to set the scene, and I'm going to talk about this. All right, so this is a blue hardcover journal, and Elisa has set up tons of highlighted sticky notes throughout it. Okay. I start off by writing, no one can look beyond this point. Uh oh. So, <laughs> are we going beyond that point? <laughs> you get to read beyond this oh, point because wow. now I've moved on past Am I, everything. Should I start right here? Yeah, I think you can read wow. that. Wow. I'm so nervous. Tomorrow is the first day going to school, knowing <laughs> likes me. I don't know what to say to him. Yikes! Yo! <laughs> Yikes is, like, written in the biggest with an exclamation point. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. So, asked me out, but I said no. But now I want to go out with him, but he won't ask me out. So, I asked him out, but all he said was, isn't it supposed to be the other way around? And now I'm pissed off. Oh, my God. (laughs) And now we have bold red writing all taking up the like one line taking up the whole page of the next page and it says bella crossed <laughs> it says crossed out bella with a circle who's bella <laughs> bella swan from twilight <laughs> <laughs> all right read, read she's, not good. she's not she's she, and she's she is canceled. not she's canceled in this she's canceled new moon breaking dawn i love edward cullen and then that's 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 what's going down December 16th, my heart is broken into a trillion pieces. <laughs> is going out with 
She used to be my friend. And then she has her own signature. AK. AK. <laughs> Yo. December 22nd, 2008. 2008 is coming to an end. Parentheses, ill. Lied to everyone. She isn't and never was going out with It has mono, the kissing disease. I wonder who he got it from. Parentheses, not me. And then a whole nother page about Twilight. Ridiculous. Grown. 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 I'm Aliza. And I'm Fonzo. And this is Grown, a podcast from the moth full of stories about what it means to grow up. So, Aliza, why are we reading your diary again? Well, because this episode is all about secrets, the stuff we hide and what happens when they're uncovered. Are the secrets going to be about Twilight? No, no, no more Twilight secrets, at least for now. First up today is Shania. She told the story at the Mothball, a once-a-year celebration of storytelling that the Moth puts on. Fonzo and I actually got to go this year and hear the story live. You're in for a real treat. Here's Shania. I didn't always want to be an older sister. I was a younger sister for a while. I have an older brother, and I really enjoyed the perks. Um, But I have this vivid memory of me lying on the floor of our apartment. I'm coloring in a picture. It's vibrant. It's beautiful. I'm in the lines. I'm doing my best five-year-old drawing. I'm like Michelangelo. This is my Sistine Chapel. And I stand up to show the picture to my grandmother and my older brother. And just at that moment, the door opens, and my mother and my father walk in, and they're holding this little bundle, and everyone runs to the door to see the new baby, to see my baby sister. And I'm standing there with my Sistine Chapel, and no one's looking at me. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the rest of my life. But then this thing happens when your siblings get older and it turns out they have personalities and sometimes those personalities are pretty good and they grow on you. And we spent summers together in Jamaica making up stories, going on adventures. We read the same books. Um, We didn't always watch the same movies, but I realized that I could bring my sister to the movies I liked and make my sister like those movies if I tried. And even though my artistic career peaked with my five-year-old coloring, my sister turned out to be this incredible artist who could paint and draw and weave baskets and crochet blankets. And okay, it was a little annoying, but it was still really cool. And just as I was realizing all this, I was graduating high school and I was moving a thousand miles away and I had this fear that I was losing my chance to be the older sister I knew I could be. I had this ridiculous fear that my sister would forget me, or worse, that I hadn't done anything worth remembering for my sister yet. Um, But luckily, around this time that I was graduating high school, um, my sister was graduating middle school. So middle school prom was coming up, and my mom was working. And my mom was like, well, someone needs to go dress shopping with my sister, and I volunteered because I was like, this is my chance. This is like our movie moment. I'm going to find the perfect dress, the one that our mom would never pick because she doesn't have style, and I do. (laughs) 
end. It's going to blow my sister's mind, and this is going to be our big moment, and she'll forever tell all her friends about this incredible moment with me. Um, so I make it a big affair. We're at Macy's. Um, we have like $100. We're in the mall. And I'm like, this is, this is going to be it. And I'm running around, and I'm grabbing dresses, and I'm holding them up, and I'm getting these like shrugs and these head shakes. And I'm like, that's fine. I will not be thrown off. I'm not going to buy the dress that gets a shrug or a head shake. I need to blow my sister's mind. So I'm running back, and I'm grabbing more dresses. I'm holding them up. I'm getting shrugs. I'm getting head shakes. I'm running back. I'm getting more dresses. Around dress number 15, I'm realizing this isn't going so well. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I'm not as fashionable as I thought. Um, but the Macy's isn't that big, and we are running out of dresses. So I'm looking at my sister, and I realize that my sister is looking across the aisle, not at the dresses, but at the suits and at the blazers. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I have to, I'm doing the wrong thing. Um, so I put down the dress I'm holding, and I walk over, and I'm like, do you want a suit? And finally, I see this little glimmer in my sister's eyes, and I get a nod, a nod, finally. So um, I'm thinking about it, and I'm having a little dilemma, because I know that our mom gave us money for a dress, and our mom's expecting a dress, and our mom is very traditional. And so if we don't go home with the dress, who knows what can of worms that'll open or what conversations we'll have to have. But this is still my big moment, so I get to thinking. And we run to the discount rack, and we find this very simple, plain dress that's like white at the top, black at the bottom. It kind of looks exactly like a suit, almost like it was put here for us. Um, and it costs like very little money. So I pick that up, and I'm like, how's this? And I finally get a nod. And so then we run across the aisle, to the suits and the blazers, and now we're having fun, and we're trying on blazers, and um, I'm, like, brushing off the shoulders, and I'm giving all this advice that's, like, based on nothing, where I'm like, oh, your shoulders can't look like that. They have to look like this. And I sound really smart, even though I'm not. Um, and we find the perfect suit. Uh, we find the perfect blazer for... We find the perfect blazer, and then we aren't done yet because we need to accessorize. And so we start looking at pocket squares. We start looking at bow ties because my sister's really into bow ties, not regular ties. Um, I don't know how to tie a bow tie, but I figure we'll figure that part out. Um, so we find a bow tie that matches a handkerchief, and they're like, it's, they're like little blue dots. It's very decorative. It's very good. Pop of color. Um, and we go to the register, and I've been doing the math, and we are a little over. But I'm in high school, and I have my first debit card, and I don't have a job, but I do have Christmas money. And I'm really excited to use my Christmas money. So I'm really excited when I get to pull out my wallet, pull out my debit card, slide it across, you know, like I'm in a movie. Um, and it's like $13. It's not that big a deal. Um, and so we leave, and we're so excited, and we go home, and we're prepping for the big day. I'm watching a YouTube video on how to tie a bow tie, that is not how you tie a boat. They make it look so easy, but I didn't really figure it out. But I figure, you know, close enough. The big day comes. We have this plan where my sister goes in, and then I'm like, oh, no, they forgot the purse. And so I go in, and I have my backpack on with the blazer and the bow tie and handkerchief. And so we're in the lobby of the, like, prom venue, and we're 
putting the suit, we're putting the jacket over the dress that looks like a suit, and I'm buttoning it, and I'm tying the tie, and I'm putting the handkerchief in. I'm not tying the tie super well. This isn't like our, this isn't like a perfect movie moment because the tie is crooked, and that's not what a bow tie is supposed to look like. But for whatever reason, we are still having the time of our lives, and I'm like beaming, and he's flushed with joy, and he's ready to run in, and I'm like, wait, no, I have to take pictures. So I step back, and I'm snapping pictures. I'm kind of tearing up, but I'm still trying to be the cool sister. So I'm like, this is fine, um, and I'm like, we have to get some pictures with your friends, and then I realize I'm actually being the lame mom, so I have to stop. Um, so I back up, and I try not to cry, and I watch my brother walk in. Thank you. That was Shania. When we asked Shania how her younger self would describe her now, she said, she's me, but with a fear of heights and a much better sense of who she is. Up next, a story about holding a secret so hard manifests on your own body. But first, Fonzo, I want to get your thoughts on sharing secrets, a.k.a. gossip. Are you a gossiper? Do you like gossip? I feel like, but gossip comes naturally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you're with your friends, stuff comes up. You know what I'm saying? And I don't trust just, anyone who's like, I don't like to hear gossip. Like, no, no, no. Uh, we all do. You don't like to hear the <laughs> gossip. I mean, when things happen, you know, when things happen, you talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, everybody, gossip is a way of life. You know what I'm saying? Just like storytelling. Yeah. Okay, way to bring it home. But no, that's so true. Gossip is just like natural storytelling. We're just telling stories. Um, I had this like one distinct day in high school. I remember I I was definitely a gossiper in high school. Not like I would like whisper gossip to people, but I loved the gossip. Um, It like fueled me to go to school every day or else I probably wouldn't have gone. Like I just wanted to know what was happening. And I remember one day like— this this couple broke up, and then, like, something else happened. And I happened to be around for both of those events. So people would be trying to figure out, like, what was going on throughout the day. And, and people would be like, go to Aliza. She knows. So I just had people coming up to me, be like, we heard that you know. I'm like, I know everything. And, oh I, was, and I was just telling people what had happened. And I felt like I felt on top of the world that day. I'm like, I am the keeper of the gossip today. You know, oh my usually God. I'm the one that hears it. But I like I held the you gossip. You were the New York Times that day. You were <laughs> Aliza, the Aliza Post. <laughs> nice. Yeah, definitely. When you just have the scoop, you know. Mm-hmm. You just got this scoop. It's scoop, especially it's like high school or like any. If you're around your friends, what you letting that loose? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're letting that loose. <laughs> I don't know. I but do you think like secrets are or like gossip? Well, not gossip, but secrets. Are secrets always bad? No, secrets are not bad. And I think in Shania's story, it's especially um, mm. good to highlight that. And just like it was something that couldn't be understood by. Adults maybe at the time or or someone who wasn't well versed in those those situations, you know what I'm saying or or didn't look at it look at it in the brightest light and so we we have secrets for a reason we have secrets because we want them to be withheld from certain um people or mm-hmm. or groups. Like sometimes things are in secrets, but they're not. They're just things that aren't ready to be revealed to the world yet. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, I think that those things can be heavy, but to find the people you can confide in, um, it, you know, lift some of that weight a little bit. 
Yeah. You don't have to lift it completely. Mm-hmm. Oh, scream it from the, the heavens. Mm-hmm. But I bet, you know, telling someone you really love and telling someone you trust, that feels pretty good. Yeah. And that's all you probably need. You don't need to have everyone know something all the time. That's so true. Um, Kind of similar—I mean, similar to that, um, me and my boyfriend had been dating—we've been dating for four years, and he had never met my grandma before. Mm. It was this unspoken secret. Like, she knew I had a boyfriend. Everybody in my family has met him except for her, but I just was too afraid to talk to her about it because she's a bit more— um, She's a grandma. She's been more traditional and and you know, and I'm and I'm the girl of the family, whatever. Um, and so recently I was like, Grandma, I really want you to meet him. Like it's time. And she's like, Okay, if you say so. And I was so nervous. It was like revealing a secret, you know, that yeah. how is she gonna take it? Is she gonna accept this secret? Or is she gonna, you know? Yeah. Um, and she loved him. And it and it all went really well. And I felt so silly for holding on to the secret for so long, but I knew that I needed to get to a point where I felt ready to, yeah. to you let— got, And you got to that point. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. Shout yeah. out to my grandma. Up next is Tim Manley with a story all about what it means to wear your heart on your sleeve. It was a spring night in 2008, and I'm lying underneath the covers uh, next to my best friend, Ben, this had become kind of normal for the past few months that we slept next to each other with this, uh, like, one-foot space between us. We were pioneers of a new masculinity, comfortable expressing our platonic care for each other, no concern for homophobic social norms. And I was totally in love with him. <laughs> so, and, not, not like a friend love, but like a love like when I like felt alone, I thought about Ben and it made everything okay. And I decided that tonight was the night I was going to tell him. And he's lying next to me, but he's facing the other way. So all I can see is the streetlight on the curve uh, of his shoulder. And I, I start to say something, but the words stop in my throat. And so I, I reach out my hand, but no matter how much I will it, I, I can't move my hand closer to him. And I can feel the words inside of me. They're like physical objects that are like all piled up and like pressing against me. But I can't say them and my body is immobile. In the morning, go to bed, wake up. uh, Ben makes us some granola and yogurt. uh, And I, I sit at the kitchen table silently. And underneath the table, I'm massaging my own hands. Because when I woke up... I had these weird tender nodules like on my palm and in between my fingers. These like red bumps that hurt when I pressed them, but I kept pressing them. And when I went home, uh, I, I had to lie down on my bed because my legs hurt so bad. And when I lie down, I looked at them, my legs were all swollen and they had these red splotches on them and on my thighs were, were those like bumps again. My roommate came in and she said, that uh, the, the bumps were my emotions trapped inside of me. <laughs> and if, if I could just learn how to say the things that were stuck inside of me, my body would show that. My rheumatologist felt otherwise. <laughs> she, uh, she, like, you know, felt around a lot of my arms. She cut out a big chunk of my leg. And uh, she, not a big, a little chunk, a little piece of my leg, I should clarify. Uh, and it wasn't that crazy. And she explained uh, that the, 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 
you know, that the skin tells you a lot about what's going on beneath it, that it's sort of like the communicator between the inside of your body and the outside world. Uh, she also told me that I had this rare thing called cutaneous polyarteritis nodosa. Uh, right? Totally. Uh, <laughs> seen the BuzzFeed article about it. Um, it's a... It's an inflammation of the blood vessels, uh, but only in the skin. And she said that I'm actually, I was actually very lucky that it was only in the skin because if it moved to my internal organs, which sometimes it did, it was often fatal. And I, I asked her, how often does that happen? And she replied very casually, oh, there's not enough research. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well. Um, and she gave, me, she gave me a prescription for a medication that's usually used to treat gout in the elderly. Um, on my way home, I, I passed by the drugstore, and for some reason, I couldn't bring myself to go in and get it filled. Instead, I went home, and I worked for a long time on an email to Ben, which, of course, I couldn't send when I was done. All the words seemed cliche. All the sentences started with, I feel like... That's a lot... Uh, and I, I needed instead sort of like a more, a more, like an email wasn't right. So what I did then, I opened up the drawer next to my bed and I took out a black pen and I wrote on my hand, Ben. And the ink shimmered for like a heartbeat and then it dried. Uh, and, and I continued to write a message to him. I wrote, uh, Ben, when I feel stuck or when I feel frozen by my fears and by my doubts, I think of your face and you're telling me, Yes. I took a photo of it uh, with the camera on my laptop, but I couldn't email him the picture because it felt like it'd be too vulnerable. And there, it wasn't just Ben that I had these things inside of me that I needed to say to them. You know, there was also like my, my brothers and my sisters and my mother and my father and my stepmother. There were so many people in my life who I had so many things to say to. And so I decided that I would write a message to someone in my life every night on my hand, and I took a photo of it every night, and I started a blog called, I Need You to Know How Much I Love You. Um, I didn't tell anyone about it. And every night, I, I'd write on my hand, and I'd post the photo, and in the morning, I'd wake up with like phrases like tattooed on my face backwards, and they'd become righted in the bathroom mirror. Like, um, I, I don't know, but, or I wish I could, or you are so... And I was taking those things that were trapped inside of me, and I was communicating them to the outside. And as I started to do this, um, I did it for like, a, well, as I did it for months, the stuff on my arms and my legs totally cleared up. I was also like exercising more and eating better and drinking more water, and I started wearing these like knee-high anti-embolism compression stockings that grandmas wear. But it was definitely all about letting the feelings out. And so... Once, uh, once, once uh, my body looked good, I knew I could call Ben. And I, I called him from the window of my bedroom, and I told him, Ben, I have this idea about me and you. It comes to me the way that ideas for drawings come to me. Me and you swapping T-shirts, me and you holding hands, me and you like brothers. And he said to me, Tim, I think you know, and I did know, and it felt so good. And he said, I think you know that I'm only attracted to women. And... That's how I, I was so s sad in a way because I knew I just lost the thing that made me feel less alone. But also, my body felt so good because I'd learned how to take this stuff that was inside of me and I put it outside of me 
And in the process, I'd transformed who I was on the outside and the inside. And then that night, I wrote on my hand, Ben, thank you for helping me become the person I wished I could be. Thank you. That was Tim Manley. He told us that my younger self would say that I am very lucky not to be in my 20s anymore. Err, sheesh. Can't wait I for wish. those days. <laughs> um, well, if you want to see pictures of Tim's drawn on hand, check out themouth.org slash grown. We've also got information on our storytellers, bonus content, ways to connect with us, all of that good stuff. And if you're wondering, Ben is an artist living in L.A., and he and Tim are still best friends. Now, it doesn't matter if you're in love with your best friend or if you have a crush on Edward Cullen. Everyone has secrets. As long as you're not Team Jacob. <laughs> we decided to go out into the city and hear some of them. Here's David Leppelstadt. Hello, my name is David, and I'm out here right near the Staten Island Ferry, a very secretive and a very windy part of New York City. And we're going around asking people if they can tell us a little bit about a secret from their life. Um, so I was wondering if you've ever heard a secret that changed your life. I guess the biggest secret that I found out was maybe that, like, I had, like, a half-brother from my dad. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, it was, like, pretty recently after he was born, but it was still, like, a secret, I suppose. So that was kind of, like, different <laughs> and mind-blowing for me because I had no idea. So when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I was hanging out with this this person. It was our first time hanging out. And I coughed too hard and I peed myself in the Harris Teeter. And oh no. I had to walk back home um, with my pee stained pants. And yeah, it was our first time hanging out. My daughter is here. Do you mind? No. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't have that money, many. I guess uh, I probably would would have told you this too uh, when I was 18 down in the Virgin Islands streaking around a pool because I lost a card game. Was there a secret that you kept when you were a child that no one else knew? That I'm a lesbian? A lesbian? Wow. As a child, when did you sort of figure out that this was a secret you had? Um, I don't know. I've, sta I've started to uh, see girls and like, like them. I don't know. And then I... Like the girl, so I told my friends, and this year I've been for a year with my girlfriend. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. And I told my grandparents and my parents and everything, and I don't know, I'm so happy. So secret no more. So how does it feel to now have it not be a secret and have it be something that you're able to share and, and have your love be something that um, you're able to share with your family? It feels good because uh, it's what I am, and it makes me happy, and it was so frustrating not to uh, share something that makes me so happy, you know? Hey, Eliza, want to know a secret? Yeah, always. What is it? This is our last episode of this season. Well, it's no secret I'm going to miss this. Being here with you, listening to stories, and talking to all of you out there. But there's a lot more Grown to be had. Stay updated. Remember to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at GrownPod. And if you enjoyed this season, tell a friend. So until next time, remember, no matter how old you are, you're, you're never, never fully, fully grown. grown.
Aliza Cosme is a multimedia storyteller passionate about using the power of storytelling for the social good. If she wasn't hosting this podcast and had no student loan debt, she'd own the best restaurant in Queens with the best risotto you've ever had. Alfonso Lacayo is a Moth alumni from the Bronx, New York. He's passionate, creative, and makes music. And if he's not hosting this podcast, you can find him putting essential oils in his hair. Grown's senior editor is Sarah Jane Johnson, and Grown's senior producer is Mark Sollinger. That's me. With support from the Moth's education and artistic teams, as well as our executive producer, Sarah Austin Janess. Shania's story was directed by Michelle Jalowski, with additional coaching by Melissa Brown and Dihan Hossein. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the work of the Moss education team, Melissa Brown, Anna Stern, and Devin Elise Wilson, as well as our instructors, past and present. Mixing is by Davey Sumner, with original music and sound design by Davey Sumner and Luke Williams. We're grateful to former producer Julia Purcell, intern K.A. Carter, our teen focus group, and everyone who was kind enough to send us audio for our montages. The rest of the Moss leadership team includes Sarah Haberman, Catherine Burns, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Jennifer Birmingham, Marina Cloutier, Suzanne Rust, Brandon Grant, Leanne Gully, Inga Gladowski, and Aldi Kaza. All Moss stories are true, as remembered and affirmed by the storytellers. Grown is presented by PRX. Ever wonder why we want to tell complete strangers our personal secrets? Or what a CIA spy can teach you about keeping things close to the chest? Read about this and see other fascinating articles on secrets in Grown's Pocket Collection. Pocket is a website and app that finds the most thought-provoking articles from trusted sources all around the internet and puts them in one place. With Pocket, you can keep and find new articles to read, save articles for later, and even have your saved articles read aloud to you. If you want to dig deeper into this secret-worthy episode of Grown, head over to Pocket and check out our collection at getpocket.com slash grown.